0: Here we go. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm your host, JT Ayers. We've done over a hundred of these things. And if you've been with us for any stretch of those, you know that I'm always going to talk about the only people that even produce and are um, in charge of this podcast is On Track and Field. On Track and Field is a company that is nationwide and they have everything you need for track and field equipment. Noah and I were just talking about blocks. They have their Gil Fusion 10 blocks. Go get those. Those are fantastic. But here's the thing I'm a head coach and I use them. I use them exclusively. I just bought hurdles with them. The CEO drove down from Northern California, rather kind of Simi Valley area, and he helped me put all these hurdles together. That's the kind of company they are. And right now I'm putting a custom made pole vault pit together with them. And this thing is 26 by 21 by 32. It is humongous. And it. here's the best part about the whole thing. It's affordable. And so right now on track and field, they have developed these pits and priced them so they're super high quality. And yet, yeah, they're affordable. 23 grand, that is affordable because if you are a coach and you are in the track and field community, you know that's easily 10 grand cheaper than it should be. So their invitational pit is 23 grand. And if you live in SoCal... The delivery is free. I live in SoCal, so I'm going to get the free. So I love this company. I love being part of this company. And I wouldn't even be doing this podcast unless I believed in their mission. And I get to be part of that. So go to OnTrackandField.com, check out what they have, reach out to me on social media. And you know what? Here's the phone number. Write this down or hit the 15-second back button so you can listen to it again. But here's the thing. one 800 697 Two nine, nine, nine. That's one, eight hundred, six, nine, seven, two, nine, nine, nine. Just inquire about a pit. And you know what? I bet your school district would even buy you one, but because just use the word liability, gets them every time, but 23 to 24 grand. And that is way cheaper than you're anywhere else. It is brand new pole vault and high jump landing systems. They're awesome. All right. I've talked so much about him, but I believe in him. You will as well on trackandfield.com. All right, on to the podcast. With me today is the greatest, Noah Lyles. I know he's too humble to say it, but fastest man alive. How amazing it is to say something like that. And just recently, like as of last week, the 2023 Jesse Owens Male Athlete of the Year, that is his third time tying Michael Johnson, only person ever to get three, and that's Noah Lyles. And we're back, man. He reached out to me, and I'm so excited to see my dear friend again because this is his fourth time on the podcast. So, Noah, thank you so much for joining us. Good to have you, man.
1: Oh, man, it's great to be here. I'm going to be honest. Uh, I love I love your podcast, man. So every time <laughs> we have a conversation and every time I listen to other people, I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to start talking again.
0: <laughs> love it, man. And then you know what? I hope it's like that for everybody. But for you especially, we're, we're track junkies. We love the sport. Like everything about it, we love. And it's not just talking about, I'm not some reporter talking to some basketball player. I'm talking to somebody that is doing it at the highest ability. And I'm also a coach. I'm down there in the low abilities, (laughs) just trying to figure out how to do it as well. And we look up to you and I get to see 300 athletes on a given day in my track practice. And they're being influenced by you. And I get to talk to you about that. So let's start with that. This last year at Budapest 23, you Budapest 23, you won uh, three events you and I don't know how you not get the male athlete of the year with winning three events, man. But I want to talk about just one thing and one thing in particular to start. How do you qualify that many times and then get to the final part and be at your best when it matters the most? How how do you do that? And how do you, how does
1: anybody learn how to do that? I'm. A, I trust my coach. I, I trust my training. I trust my team. And when it comes to championship events, we just count backwards. You know, we know what day and what week we need to be prepared for. So that's the day we're going to train for. And we just move backwards from there. It helps that, you know, you have year after year after year of great, you know, marks showing that what you're doing is working. Um, But again, as you are moving towards that moment, maybe you're going to add in a few things. You know, I like to see last year always as blueprints. You know, this worked really well. What can we add? Can we start putting in some physical therapy to help my glute engage better? So when I'm trying to, you know, put force into the blocks, I'm getting it. Maybe I could be putting more, you know, attack into the ground or maybe my knee isn't coming up as high as it should be to get the most ability out of my stride length. Now, those are all things that we think about as we're moving towards the season. And at the end of the day, it's this is a sport where you have to show up at world championships and the Olympics. And we know that. So we're always going to be moving to those big moments. And one of them is U.S. championships. And the other is whatever, it's world championships or it's the Olympics. Do you watch film of your races or do you go
0: back and watch just NBC replays? Like, how do you analyze your race
1: after the race is done? Every time. Even if I don't like how it turned out, I, I have to at least watch it. Because there has to be something in there that I can learn from. If I didn't like some, if I didn't like how the race went, that means that I didn't do something correctly, which means I need to make sure whatever I was feeling, I don't do it again. Uh, and if there is something that I like, you know, let's go rewatch it. Um, the, the I'd say the easiest and fastest place to get is Twitter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> write, I mean, I could be, I'll run the race. You'll do the little mix zone right after, which is where you do all the little interviews. Then you'll go get your stuff, and then they'll hail you away to drug testing and in drug testing i'll be on my phone looking up okay where did i run um where's the race who's posted the race sometimes it'll be nbc on youtube sometimes it'll be you know twitter somebody will post it um maybe travis will post the video yeah, travis he'll get it faster than nbc will get it down and be like yes um but you know i'm I'm always going to be looking for something but i will look at the video i'll Try to throw my emotions away most of the time because I don't want to get, you know, so involved with it that I can't take the good and the bad from it. Then as I watch it three times fully, I'll start dissecting it. I'll be like, all right, how was the start? All right, how was the transition? All right, how was the upright running? Okay, how long did I hold my top and speed? Okay, where do I need to improve my top and speed? Where do I need to improve the, you know... Uh, the acceleration and then I'll go back to my coach and I'll be like hey you see the race yet and he'll, be, he'll probably say yes and he was like this is where I think that you could improve or this is where I think you did really well and we'll just you know we'll have probably a good day or two talking about it back and forth and after that we'll be like alright this is what we're going to start working on and really putting the hammer down in practice about
0: I mean there's not much you can change or do when you're in Budapest I mean none of those little things here and there but it's more mental than everything and Now that Budapest is over and you did everything you wanted to do. Now what? I mean, now what are some of those things you're looking to improve upon? I mean, you were at the very, very beginning of a preseason, right? I mean, this can be a long, long season all the way up until Paris in in the summer. So what are you focusing on right now
1: and you hope to improve upon? I'm going to be very honest. I am in great shape, but I'm still in competition shape. So my body is very lightweight right now. It doesn't have as much muscle mass. My body fat content is really low. And because of that, I'm trying to do like, I'm trying to lift heavy in the gym and I'm trying to, you know, go long distances on the grass. And I'm just not able to do that yet because it's so much in competition mode. It hasn't left, but I can do all the work. I just can't handle the load yet. Mm -hmm. So my body has been like, a, it's been having like, you know, little irritation. So maybe my back will get really tight or my glute isn't firing. And, you know, I'll have like really sore adductors, which will make me have to slow down on how intense I can go in my training. So it's really crazy to say, because you'll think, oh, this is in liver gear. You have to go as hard as possible at every moment. No, I have to accept where my body's at for the time, know that it's going to get where it needs to be when the time comes. But slowly work it back in. And that's just how I've been thinking. Because I know as we get closer to December, I, this won't even be an afterthought. You know, it'll be so far back. I'll think, oh man, I didn't even realize we had that problem a week ago. You know, I'll just be right back into the flow of things.
0: What did you learn from Tokyo that you're applying now, four years later?
1: It's so, I learned a lot, but it's very hard to learn from Tokyo because it was so. Dramatically different than any other championship. You know, there was COVID. So you're taking COVID tests Mm -hmm. every day. You know, you're told to wear a mask everywhere you go, you're told not to sit near people in the cafeteria. You you can't leave the village unless you're going to competition. You get to competition and everybody's wearing their mask and they're told to be away from each other and there's nobody in the stands and it's super hot and you don't have your massage therapist or your chiropractor or your therapist or even your family. Like it's so dramatically different from what these last two championships have been. Um, I am going to say that I know now that family support is extremely important to me. If I don't have them close by, it's a problem. I could care less about if I'm being with the team or not. Of course, I want to be, but that's not what's going to give me the energy to be able to push through those tired days. And I also need people to really represent me. There's going to be days where I'm going to wanna do stuff that's over dramaticized. Like I love I love my walk-ins. <laughs> Uh, the, you know, the fashion walkers I've been creating I love those and sometimes it just doesn't work out and I need somebody there to be like Noah uh, it's not gonna work out it's like okay I understand but then at other times I need somebody to be there to be like hey if he doesn't get this he's not gonna feel like he's the man you know like so I need somebody to represent me who's not me essentially
0: and that's right how- someone
1: you listen to Exactly. And that's how I feel that my family is. And that's why I keep them extremely close to me.
0: And it sounds like they know their role as well. Like they know they're that person to you and they have not just authority to speak into your life in those moments, but you're encouraging them to uh, regardless of your, whatever your reaction is. Correct.
1: Yeah. I, yeah, I really do. Because of course we're going to be on the same page a lot, but there's going to be those times where we're not, I remember, (laughs) We were at Budapest and it was the f- it was the night after the first round of the hundred. Um, And I went back and my mom came to my room and it was like really late and she was just like, hey, I just wanted to make sure that you're OK, because, you know, tomorrow is semis and finals day and we might not be able to talk all that much. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing all right. She's just making sure that my headspace was, you know, in a right zone and. As we're talking, I get a coach. I get a, a call from my coach, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hello!" Like, because it's nine PM. And he's like, "Hey, you in bed?" Yeah, and I'm over here thinking, "Where else would I be?" But that just goes to show that never. Not every athlete is like that, you know. Some athletes might be super excited and decide that they're gonna go have a few drinks or something. I don't know, but I know that's not me. And it's funny that I get that call because it's like, here I am having a, a mock therapy session with my mom. <laughs> I go to bed. Well, that's kind of funny
0: too. Cause I have to do that to my juniors and seniors in high school. And yet the the best in the world is still having someone just making sure they're still accountable and you're in staying, you're in bed when you should be. And I love it. Um, do When they, when they drug test you, do they take your spikes? If you do something amazing, you broke the American record. They take your spikes.
1: Yes. They take your spikes. If you break uh, national record or a world record? It's the funniest like, thing. They, they never give them back. back. No, they do. Uh, well, it depends. <laughs> it depends how big of a record it is. I got, I got my spikes back for breaking the American record. Um, they were very, Adidas was very adamant that they wanted those spikes back. But I know that, I believe Rye Benjamin when he broke the American record for the four hundred hurdles at the Olympics they took his spikes and like tore them apart like tooth and nail um making sure that everything was adequate and i was like wow that's crazy but i mean it makes sense it was a world record breaking race and
0: yeah, so. both those dudes are running pretty fast in that race
1: yeah it was
0: cool. well i i actually got an authority that ryan krauser did not break you know, the American world record or whatever it was in prelims, even though he felt like it because he only brought one pair of shoes and he's like, Oh, I can't have him take it the night before mm-hmm. like finals. Um, it, it blows my mind. Now they're not checking those shoes for wow, you didn't have three 16th pyramids, Noah. That's a violation or
1: whatever. I mean, what are they even looking for in a shoe? I mean, that's one thing, but let's take I think the situation with the marathon is the best example. The marathon shoes are, you know, getting more advanced technologically. And every time a marathon is run, they, you know, Nike, Adidas, Brooks, New Balance are all trying to break the best shoe. And somebody might go, hey, just throw in a little bit extra, not not a lot of bit, just a little bit extra. Um, And they're probably not throwing in, in anything illegal per se. But it wasn't double checked. So we had all spikes and uniforms have to be checked before the season starts for athletes to be able to use them. So if they check the spike after a record is broken and they see that something wasn't in there that you said was supposed to be in there, that's a violation. You know, they can't can't break the world record. You can't. The record doesn't count. That's fascinating.
0: I mean, it's really interesting. And I'm glad they do it too, because it saves you guys. It saves the people that are doing these amazing things and it gives them more credibility. Um, yeah. I'm gonna transition because I just I wrote this down and I, I gotta ask you before we get too far away from it. In Vegas, I was asking you like, all right, competition weight and regular weight. So you're telling me right now you're like a buck 60. I'm
1: 163, 162, like right there. And so, I'm and then to now, get the
0: weight, but
1: it's not working. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so you're telling me you have to get to a bulk phase right now right
1: yeah yeah that's what we're for like now till january is we're just trying to get bulky
0: so um what you did in the hundred i think everybody was like let's come on let's do it let's do it it's it's you or coleman like it's it's no but come on and then the 200 we're all and i'm telling you as a fan we're all really sitting back being very confident. I mean, you still got to do it, but we're like, it's, it's Noah's thing, but then you get the four by one and I felt it. And I can't imagine what you guys felt. There's this taste in your mouth from, you know, worlds, you know, the year before. And I was sitting at the finish line. Like I was watching Marvin trying to, you know, he wasn't going to get Andre, but how important is, is it that you guys like each other? I mean, I know you're professional enough to compete with one another, but sometimes, I mean, especially in a four by one, that's not enough. Um, explain the four by one and especially Budapest four by one.
1: The four by one is such a political thing, and it's a very weird race because in the eyes of the public, it's seen as almost like an individual medal. But in the eyes of athletes, coaches, and even shoe sponsors. It's seen as a joke. It's just an exhibition. It doesn't really matter. And there's that, you know, like, okay, do we take this seriously or do we not take this seriously situation going on? Some athletes are just there for the relay and it's their whole commitment. And I understand that. And then you'll have athletes like me who are in individual races or maybe even doubling or attempting to double. So they don't have time to focus on that relay as much. Thankfully, we had relay camp this year. And of course, there's always going to be politics. Some people believe that they should be last, some people think they should be first, second. Nobody wants to be third. <laughs> but uh but that's always going to happen. And every time I go to relay camp, first of all, I love going to relay camp because I get to rate basically I get to run with the fastest people in the world. So I feel like it's an iron sharpens iron situation and it's always right before World Championships. So I love going to relay camp. And then I always let the the coach know, hey, I'm here to work. I believe that I should be on second or fourth. I really believe I should be on fourth. But at the end of the day, this is your call. Just know I'm going to be here to give everything I can. And if I don't think I can do that, I'm going to let you know so you can give somebody else that opportunity. Because I think it's very selfish to try and not be at your 100% and not have the guy who's been you know practicing that leg or been waiting for that moment and not give it to him because if i can't give you my hundred i should give it to somebody who can't give their hundred that's at least how i view it so, well explain
0: what relay camp is like you say it but
1: we we don't know what that means like what is yeah, it even entail? So relay camp will be about a week um, i think it should be a little more than a week um, because you have to imagine that when you're at such a high level Of running especially in the sprints there is no 50 percent 60 percent handoffs it's just not possible we're too fast for that it's not giving correct data it's bad data so we have to hit a hundred percent on all our handoffs so we're probably only going to be able to get two or three handoffs in per person and if you're a second or third leg you have to hand off and receive from other people So you're, those people are probably going to be doing six to five handoffs. And that's just like having a whole block session day. And you're doing that for four days straight. It, it taxes you. It taxes you heavy. It really tests who has the endurance. The good thing about it is, you know, they bring out a lot of their PTs and massage therapists to keep us all, you know, in working order (laughs) so that we all don't burn out but it you know that's this is when we're going through who do we think is going to match up with who who what leg do you think everybody's going to be able to run with you know we'll have a few meetings we'll try to have a at least one team building exercise you know that usually gets thrown out the way because at the end of the day we're here to win medals <laughs> right but, and and most people know each other by that time like you know every we've all usually been on a team together you're only there's only going to be like two or three people who probably be their first time So in these moments, you know, we're we're trying to really create the chemistry because by the time we get to the world championships, the hundred meter runners are going to be running the hundred. So they're not going to be having time. And then the 200 meter runners, if they're selected to be on the four by one, are going to be running the 200 and their days are just mixed. So there's no time to really train for handoffs at world championships.
0: My favorite four by one you ever ran was the, I think it was the under 20. You had Michael Norman on it. You were on it. Yeah. Yeah. And like Mike's, he's from our area. Like he ran at my track for CIF prelims and stuff. And his coach and I are great friends. And I was, he was there and he was telling me all about it. He's like, these four kids, they love each other. This is fun. They're having fun. I mean, is that you guys have always been on four by ones. I mean, Fred's not used to running second leg. That guy's always been the anchor, right? I mean, Christian running first leg makes sense. Yeah. And then now that everyone's going to Olympic year, it doesn't seem like we're going to have any, and we'll see any like surprise people. It seems like, like you said, we know the people that are going to be on it. Um, how much weight do you have? The fastest man in the world to go Christian, get, get on this team, man. Like you're first, let's break the world record. Hey, Fred, you gotta be second. Come on. I'll anchor. And then you're, you all three are calling the guy. I mean, is this something that the players, the athletes have weight to weigh in on, or is this just going to be
1: coaches and politics? It's really coaches in politics, because at the end of the day, the athletes just want to run. We just want to run. Because I remember we, I was at relay camp this year, and I was talking to Christian. I was like, "Bro, we got to break this America record." And he was like, "Yeah, bro." And he's like, "I always believe that the the relay should be always be me first and you last." And I was like, "I'm gonna be honest, I do too." And you throw some some people in the middle. <laughs> Because you know the job is going to get done, even if we don't break the American record, the job will get done. Um, And those those middle pieces, you know, again, could be anybody who want, but the chemistry that has to be created is the most important part to actually breaking the record. But I will tell you, we we understand once we actually get to the relay, we're all here, like guys, we're trusting each other. Yeah, we we are seriously trusting each other. You know, I don't care what happened to get here. Everybody knows that they're trusting the person behind them.
0: Well, and you know what? I, I'm a guy that's put out videos about how to
1: run the four by one. So I'm about
0: to say something very blasphemous. Who cares? <laughs> Just win. Right. I mean, your handoffs oh, yeah. aren't perfect. You still got gold. You got first. You're the world champion. Okay. You did your job.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I remember. <sighs> I remember Brandon Carnes. At, we are literally in the middle of our victory lap. And he was like, bro, I could have done better. I'm so sorry. I said, bro, what the heck are you talking about? (laughs) We just won. We just freaking won. You're a world champion now. Who cares? Like, all that, you can, sure, people can go back and say, you could have done a better job. And you know what you're going to say to them? I'm a world champion still. Mm -hmm. You can't say Mm -hmm. nothing to that at the end of the day. You're still a world champion. Nobody can take that away from you.
0: I actually really like that because, There's no other sport where you get to see the the actual humanity of these athletes track and field. You see everything you see every little millisecond and the way they respond and how they do. And he was, I know he was feeling it, but he's got, I got three legends on this team. I can't let them down. And you know what? Like you said, he's a world champion. So
1: who cares? Right? Exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay. So right now you're in preseason and You're thinking about food because you tell me you're like still in competition phase. You're adding a little more meters. You're getting on grass. You're doing all the things that we think, what other things that do you feel are super important to you? Is it that you have to really dial in on? Are you pretty crazy about the way and amount of sleep you get? Are you, I I know you care about food because you got a chef and he seems pretty cool, by the way, every time he's on a video, I'm like, I want, I want a chef. Um, yeah. how do you know what do you do right now in this part and for the next couple of weeks, maybe the maybe even the month into the holidays, like when does it gear up and you're like, all right, it's go time. We have to make sure this is good. So what are you doing as the foundational things to make sure that you are at your peak when you can now then start training and not feel these little lagging issues?
1: It's my physiotherapist, um, I started working with her last year in 2022 and i brought her back for 2023 and the cool thing is if we look at 2023 i've made probably let's say i made five big steps to you know creating a better athlete the off season happens and i come back i probably took one step back so that means that i retained four steps so I'm really happy about those four steps that stayed, but I still got to get back that one. And we're hoping to add three more steps on top of that. So something very specifically that I'm working on, just as I'm saying this, we worked on it today. Um, my left foot, I have a flat left foot and it doesn't activate you know, all the way around the foot. So the outer toes and arches do not activate as much as my big toe on the left foot. but my right foot does a very good job of doing all that. So now one like one half of my body is taking on a bigger load than it should and it also is giving the left glute the ability to turn off. Mm. So we are recorrecting the left glute and the left foot arch, to be able to activate so that they are working in tandem. Because when they do work in tandem, you have starts like the semifinals at World Championships in the 100 and then the finals. When the whole foot is active and both glutes are firing at 100%, that's when I get those starts. Because now my question is, how do I always have a start like that, like the ones I had at World Championships? Like I want to have that all year long. I want to go into the 60 and have that start. I want to go into the 200 and have that start. I want it to be... Me not having to think about that. It's just automatic. You know, I have saw it happen at world championships in 2022. I now seeing it happen at world championships in 2023. I want to go all year of 2024 like that. So when I get to the Olympic games, it's not a question of, oh, if I get this start, I win this race. If I get this start, I win this race. It's I have the start. I'm winning the race. <laughs> yeah. And that perspective, I think I've
0: echoed to my athletes often say, Hey, listen, this is, this is your moment. This moment was created for you. Like you have said, yeah. um, well, let me ask, let me end with this. And I promised I wouldn't keep you too long. And it's so hard not to talk to you forever. And by the way, some of the questions I'm asking you now, I'm keeping notes on because I'm excited. Cause I'm going to see you in Vegas, February. And I'm going to ask you like, all right, now, where are you? It's been four There's months, you know? <laughs> um, you're like, yeah, I'm one, I'm seventy I'm doing great. I, I gained nine pounds. Um, What do you say and what advice do you have to the kid that's never satisfied in their marks? And it's very, very common with 100-meter runners who are never really satisfied with how it ended up. Like, I could have done better. I could have done better. I could have done better. Um, What do you say to people like that? Because you won, but it's easy to say, like, I could have done better.
1: It's very important to celebrate your wins. But it's okay to have a bigger picture. I will always have a bigger picture, no matter what I do. And I know that there are gonna be benchmarks along the way. Celebrate the benchmarks. Celebrate if your goal is to, to go from it, you know, 10-9 to 10-3, you know, along that way you gotta hit 10 eight, 10-7, 10-6, 10-5, 10-4 celebrate those benchmarks even no matter how you got them celebrate them you did that of course you're gonna have that goal down the line but celebrate the moment while you're in it and that's how you'll move on to the next moment
0: well steve ringgold the producer and ceo of on track and field yeah that was the quote do that one so we can make sure we broadcast that one and this is a teaser for the rest of the, the podcast. Noah, thank you so much for joining me, man. Can you, um, you always have stuff in the works. Where can we follow? Where can we learn? Where can we get ready to know more about?
1: Of course, um, my YouTube channel, uh, Noah Lyles Olympian is, you know, it's booming. We're almost at 100,000 followers or subscribers. I'm really excited about that because we're going to be doing a huge giveaway. We're actually planning to fly out. Um, uh, the winner and a friend out to the Atlanta Street Games. Uh, we're planning to pay for them, the, their hotel, their flight, and get them into the VIP area so they can meet all the other fast runners that are going to be there. Uh, I know that Grant always for sure going to be there, and Arion Knight is also, too. But along with that and learning everything that I do is going on in my life, of course, you can check me out on Instagram at nojo 18 and Twitter's always a good place as well at Lyle's Noah and to be honest I think mean, you're probably going to hear me on TV shouting something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, world championship of what? For sure.
0: <laughs> love it. I love it. And you know what? Um just as a coach and as a dad of future track kids, thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. It matters. Your influence matters. Um, it's not every day they get to meet or get to listen to their heroes and you have put yourself out there and made yourself approachable and accountable to even just listen to this podcast. But at the same time, like you're people are going to be able to see everything about the way you do it and how you
1: do it. And that matters greatly. So thank you. Thank you for what you do, Noah. Oh, I appreciate that. JT. Oh, I forgot. You can also go watch my docuseries on Peacock. <laughs> Yeah, let's go. That was great. Oh, it's so
0: good. Um, all right. Without further ado, Steve, um, you take us away with your beautiful sexy voice. Tell us how more, how to get in contact with on track and field and relaybatons.com. Lay it out.
2: Thanks for joining us on this week's On Track and Field podcast with this week's guest, Noah Lyles. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved, meet and competition legal relay batons, water bottles and tumblers, great for team branding, fundraisers, meet awards, and coaches' gifts. And by OnTrackandField.com. Cross country and tracks one stop source for everything you need for a successful season competition gear, spikes, training equipment, and shoes. OnTrackAndField.com has everything you need, including our new pull vault and high jump landing systems designed by jumpers for jumpers. Check them out online or give us a call for a free quote. And make sure to check out our new website, OnTrackRunning.com, your new source for competition and training shoes featuring Saucony, Brooks, On Running, New Balance, Asics, and Hoka shoes and spikes. OnTrackRunning.com. And make sure to follow us on our socials at OnTrack, the letter and field, at on track and field on Twitter and the gram.